station, but we're here for a real education. Welcome to A Real Education. I'm your host, Tim Wick. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, uh, movie ace, Melissa Kersher. Hello! Uh, and usually, we are also joined by movie member of the bullpen, <laughs> Jenny Young. However, pinch hitting, or pinch <laughs> pitching, uh, if I was to continue with the rather poor analogy that I'm working through right now. I, I already see many holes within this analogy, pinch, <laughs> really. Pinch hitting for Jenny Young this evening is my lovely and talented wife, Patricia Wick. Hello, hello. Now, uh, normally uh, in this in this fine show, our, our stunt Jenna, which is what Pat would be, would be the one who doesn't know anything about the movie that we're about to watch. But in fact, Pat has seen this movie many times. <laughs> many, many, many times. And I have seen this movie many times. The person who has not seen this movie is Melissa. The, three in a row that I have not seen. What? This is crazy. <laughs> it's amazing. What? No! So uh, we're going to say the movie we're watching is Bull Durham. And Melissa, why don't you tell us what you know about Bull Durham? Well, I do remember when Bull Durham came out. And uh, it was 1988. And uh, I had a subscription to Premiere Magazines, and you know. And it was a big movie at the time, so I read stuff about it. So I know it has Kevin Costner in it, and Tim Robbins, and Susan Sarandon, and um, it's about baseball, and uh, Kevin Costner is the older baseball player who's teaching the younger baseball player who's actually the same age um, <laughs> the, the ways of Major League Baseball. That's about what I know. Okay. It's not bad. No, that's not bad. <laughs> that's not bad at all. I, 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 I do better in Jenna in these situations. <laughs> it's true. You you know you know a little bit uh, because you are our movie ace. Mm -hmm. uh, you know a lot about movies, even movies that you have not seen, mm -hmm. simply because you're around movies all the time and and people talk about movies. Um, so yeah, this um, film is. Uh, I think at this point, Kevin Costner has kind of established himself as a, a box office uh, heartthrob. Yeah, um, he yes. was he was big in the late '80s and early '90s. Yeah, absolutely. Huge. So he's established himself. Tim Robbins has not established himself when when uh, Bull Durham. Yeah, comes although out. he was just starting to get established because Jacob's Ladder was about this time, and um, a couple years later was when he did. Oh crap! My brain just went just flying off the deep end there. I I don't know where it was going with that, but yeah. no. But uh, late '80s was kind of the start of his career, really. right? And uh, and, and I, as but, a star. But I think uh, Bull Durham is going to be one of those movies that kind of, kind of because you know uh, this predates predates Jacob's Ladder by a couple of years. Uh, the biggest movie he's been in that uh, prior to this is uh, Top Gun. Oh, that's right. He was kind of in the background. He, he, was, yes. he was Merlin, yes, uh, in Top Gun. But uh, after this, he wound up in Robert Altman's The Player. He did. He did. And so, I mean, when you're in an Altman film, that means you've, you've made it in terms of He's in a couple like, of Alt Altman films, and he's all, he also ends up in some in a Coen, Coen Brothers film. Uh, and then he also ends up in a little movie called The Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. And um, that was, what, 94? Uh, yes, but uh, Bull Durham is really kind of uh, a breakout role for him. Yep. And also, this film features Susan Sarandon. Mm -hmm. Who's awesome. Who's awesome. This is not a breakout film for her, but I think it probably establishes a bit of a renaissance for her. Well, yeah, she, uh, and she was a good 10 years older, 12 years older than her co-stars. 
she was already 42 at this point in time. I mean, uh, she, she'd been a star for quite a long time. I mean, fans of Rocky Horror will, <laughs> you know, recognize the name Susan Sarandon. Yeah. And that was in the 70s. So. It just turned 40 years old? It did. Just turned so, 40 years old. Holy crap. So uh, it's an impressive cast of uh, performers. Uh, who are who make up our, our three major characters in this film. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know this is one of those movies Pat and I went to see because Pat's mom, actually, I think, went to see it and and said that she really enjoyed it, which is somewhat unusual. <laughs> yeah, it is. But we've seen it probably dozens of times. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a favorite in our household. So... Uh, I don't. I don't want to say much more than that. I, it's a comedy. Mm-hmm. Yes. Very definitely a comedy, uh, and it is about baseball. I think more than a lot of baseball movies are about baseball. That's that's kind of. I, I mean, it's it's about there. Obviously, there's a lot more tied up in it, but at the same time, I think this movie tells you a lot more about base. Maybe baseball players. And the behind-the-scenes baseball. Yeah. More, okay. more about baseball players than pretty much, you know, like, we, we just watched Moneyball, and Moneyball yeah. was about sabermetrics and really about a guy going, what we're doing isn't working. We need to try something else. <laughs> but it's not about the baseball players, and it's not about the fans, and it's not even about baseball yeah. so much as about a guy going what we're doing isn't working and and trying something new and whether or not that that crazy thing that he's trying is successful right. and bull durham is a lot more about baseball and about the love of baseball and about why people give a shit about baseball <laughs> uh it's uh it's a really it's it's mu- much deeper than you expect it to be, and at the same time, it's freaking hilarious. Um, so, with that, with that, I think we're just gonna go watch Bull Durham. I think we should. Yeah. Awesome. We'll be back after we watch a baseball movie. Yay, baseball! Put me in cold. I'm ready to play today. Look at me. I can be And we are back. Baseballs have been struck. Walt Whitman has been quoted. There's so much Walt Whitman. There's so much Walt <laughs> oh my Whitman. God. I would not have expected that. There's more Walt Whitman than most people expect from a baseball movie, that is to be certain. I also did not expect Tim Robbins in a jockstrapping garters and well, much else. But that there and there he was. <laughs> and a whole there lot of he sweat. Was. Lot, he, was, wow. he was clearly in slow motion. In, in slow, slow motion. Yes. <laughs> So, uh, Melissa, you are, are technically our stunt Jenna. So what uh-huh. did you think of the movie? I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. Um, it is... <laughs> we, had, we had a cat intrusion. Uh, a very, very fun movie, a fun comedy. I probably would have loved it more if, I'd been, if I was a true baseball fan. You know, so I'm sure there were some jokes that, you know, in the background that passed me by, but... Probably, yeah, although not too many. Yeah, it, it was very accessible for somebody who's not a sports nerd. I will, I will give it that. And um, it was an interesting time machine back to 1988 because I remember those days of the, 
the neon signs and bars and everybody was chewing tobacco. That chewing tobacco thing happened for a few years and it did. And the oh, chewing tobacco thing has been happening in baseball for a very long time. Oh, I know that, yeah. but it but it went mainstream in like the late 80s and like everybody was chewing tobacco and that was a horrifying thing and I'm glad it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> I remember actually having a spittoon in my home. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Now that's no. I know, that's right? Just wrong. Were you to you were you chewing? I tobacco? was not chewing tobacco. Maybe no, they got was, it there for other people. That, that was one of my stepfather's and his friends. So, huh? Yeah. Bleh. Yeah, I know. I know. Well, I'm sure glad the that's movie a, could bring back a, those memories yeah. for you. <laughs> Yeah, it's like um, oh, that's right. That's a that's a habit. I'm glad it's gone from my life. But anyway, no, uh, delightful film. I I like the women in the movie very much. Yeah, I, I love the female characters, and I love that. I mean, it in the '80s and for a couple decades prior, you know, very sexually active women some somehow always have to be punished, and there's no punishment. There's just acceptance of it. Yeah, in I like this the very fact mainstream when, movie. I like the fact that when Millie is is gonna get married to the to the fundamentalist dude, and the and one of the guys like wait until you know I tell him all the people that she slept with, and Crash is like like hell you're gonna tell them, mm-hmm. you're gonna tell them, it's <laughs> none of your fucking business. You you leave yeah, her alone. That's that's between them. Yeah. <laughs> and it, whatever it seems to work for them, and that's that's cool and. Mm-hmm. And I love I love when they bring up the the slight the the slightly pornographic uh, wedding cake at the end and the the guy is just oh my lord yeah. <laughs> but, but he he's not like disapproving of it it's like he'll go to hell for this and it's like oh my lord this is no, I'm, I'm so crazy I'm kind of terrified of this but okay it's here now because <laughs> <laughs> you know. He's a virgin and yeah. won't be that evening. But currently, yeah. he is a virgin. Well, he did find an expert. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> I'm trying to think if the film pa- passes the Bechdel test. Annie and Millie. Well, they talk about baseball. They do they t- don't, talk about. They baseball. don't just talk about boys. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they talk. They do talk about sex. Yeah. But not just about sex. Yeah, and then you know when they're in the uh, little perch that they have above the dugout, you know, looking in binoculars, they have crosstalk about the game and yes yeah, yeah so it does pass the Bechtel test yes um I, I I always like Annie's you know you did not get lured women are too strong and powerful for that. yes <laughs> line <laughs> that, that, that's a wonderful lesson <laughs> take take responsibility for wanting to have sex with a guy honey that's yep. that's just the way it is you are not lured and I, I like there were Lord. and I like there were two of those characters it wasn't just token woman mm-hmm. being the sexually active woman sleeping with you know, people in the team. No, it was two of them. They, and, you know, you'd see the third woman in... Uh, no, was it, that was the same woman. No, yeah. I'm confused. Anyway. <sighs> and Millie was pretty much... Millie was the, the woman in the opening scene with Tim Robbins. Yes, she yes. was. Yes, yes, yes. It, yes. Annie's protege. Yes. That's right. Because, you know, eventually Annie might settle down. <laughs> One would think. And then they settle, both settle down in the same year, and it's totally blown to hell. <laughs> the Durham Bulls are never going to have a baseball player have the best season of his career ever again. Because <laughs> there are no more women on earth. Because <laughs> there are no, well, no more women like Annie. <laughs> very true, very true. Well, one would, one would expect that she would continue, you know, ushering in new 
mentoring new, new, new yeah well you know who knows what they're going to do when Cra if crash goes off to visalia to be a manager so there is a certain romantic comedy aspect to this but the reason i say that it's it's really about baseball is is because what we see of baseball what most people see of baseball is the show it's the major leagues yeah and baseball more than any other sport uh, except maybe hockey has this huge minor league system. I mean, there mm -hmm. are guys like Crash Davis, who most baseball fans don't even think about, who spend their entire career in the minor leagues just trying to get to the show for 21 days. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. and they get to the show for 21 days, and the and and they never find their way back ever again. And there's there's uh, every every team has. Four or five farm teams. I think it's I. Somebody's going to tell me I'm wrong, but there's there's like maybe it's three or four. But the, the, I mean, there are several levels of farm team. Yeah. So uh, and AAA is the highest. It's like the guys in AAA are the ones that have the chance of getting to the majors. So the one thing that you don't understand, and actually I didn't understand when I saw the film, when Crash shows up, he talks about his AAA contract getting bought out. Uh -huh. So he was at AAA, which is the highest level. Of the minor leagues, it's the yes. the guys yeah. that could get called up to the majors at any time if they need if they need a guy to fill out their roster, and he gets bumped down to the A leagues. And I think there's A, double A, triple A, and then there's something below A, which is like a rookie league. Yeah, um, the E league or which, something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and so he has been seriously demoted, mm -hmm. seriously demoted because they want. To have him mature this this uh, pitcher, and of course, not only does he get seriously demoted, but when the pitcher goes away, they dump him. Yeah, because he got bought out from a AAA club, not the same club, right? Yeah. He's, he's been traded from one farm system to another, and this other team knows that he's never going to make it to the major leagues. They don't need him mm -hmm. to do anything except mature this pitcher. And once the pitcher has moved on to the bigs, then they don't need Crash anymore. They want to bring in some catcher mm -hmm. and see how he's going to do. And that piece of what baseball is about is something that most people don't know. That there are all these guys out there, you know, making twenty-five, dollars $30,000 a year, if that, mm -hmm. um, riding around in the bus leagues. That's why he calls it a bus league. <laughs> Because they, they get carted around in buses. Because they get they get driven all around in buses. the damn time. <laughs> in AAA, I guess they must fly, or at least the implication is that in AAA they don't they don't use. Well, buses. AAA is darn close to the majors, and there's always people being shoved up and shoved down. Yeah. So yeah. I bet they have a much closer uh, relationship to majors. Sure. So the St. Paul Saints are. Well, and that's interest. That's another okay. thing. The St. Paul Saints, which are our local minor league team, are not part of any major league team's farm system. Oh, weird. So these, I mean, seriously, and they, they're, they've got a big league, and all the guys in that league are guys who are never going to play major league baseball. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Or even or they're guys that have played major league baseball and are now out of major league baseball and they still want to play. So they're, you know, <laughs> older guys, guys in their forties who yes. still, you know, can play with a bunch of dudes who could never be in the majors but can't play in the majors anymore. Mm -hmm. Um 
So there's that minor league system too, which I don't know. There's a little less, uh, what do you want to say, cruelty to yeah. that minor league system uh, because they're, they're, nobody nobody's pretending they're going to get to the major leagues. There was a guy, uh, Daryl Strawberry was on the, um, he was the biggest name that was ever on the Saints. And he had been like a all-pro major league player who got injured and who got uh who had some drug problems. Mm-hmm. And so he basically was out of the majors. Then he got went to rehab, he got off the drugs, and he wanted to try and get back into the majors, and he played with the Saints for a year as sort of a opportunity to show that he could play. Uh, and then, yeah, Big League club, club did pick him up. Oh, okay. I don't remember... If he got back into the majors, uh, but I mean, he was part of that. He was in that club's farm system. I think he got back to the show, but I can't. I can't remember for sure. But there, there, there's all this stuff about baseball <laughs> that people just don't know if they watch baseball, if they watch the major leagues, mm-hmm. um, because the minor leagues are are really where all this stuff is happening, and and. And it's the trenches of baseball. It's it's oh, just yeah. these guys because baseball is is you know the the quintessential American sport, and so many people have this dream of being in the majors of baseball. And most of them are guys like Crash Davis who just aren't quite good enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of them, I'm sure, are around to help get the new hotshot kids, teach them the ropes, and then watch them go away. Yeah. For their shot at the bigs, and so that 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 to me is like really starting to understand what baseball is, and, and about and these characters that love baseball and Annie and Crash are kind of you know they're, they're the perfect complement. The reason that, that it's like these two should be together is these are the two that really love baseball. Yeah, they're and and they've been around a while. They have the wisdom. Mm-hmm. And if I remember right, I read the novelization of the book of the movie. Oh my! Yes, yes. <laughs> well, there was a time in my life where I read a lot of novelizations. Oh, okay. And unfortunately, one thing that they say in the book, which I was kind of disappointed in, is she's one of the part owners of the team. Interesting. I wish that had been part of the. Yeah, that it's like either make it so that everyone knows. Yeah, which is one of the reasons why she's always at the games and yeah. why she is actually giving advice to the players. And, and everyone pays attention to her. And there's even a, a scene. It's like, what do you do for a living? And, yes, and she just yeah. says she. Teaches I teach part-time. English part time. Yeah, um, English one hundred and one and beginning composition. But she's got an <laughs> awful nice house for somebody who teaches English, English. part time. Yeah. Yeah. And she, and they're always about- they're always there with the gun, and when they at, at, like at the when Crash first comes in, they the manager says we had a gun on him. Mm-hmm. It's like who's the, who's running the gun? It's Annie, is and running, Millie. Annie and Millie are running yeah. the gun, so they're working for the team in some way. They're helping yeah. the team out. And the what the eight year old boys who are constantly at her beck and call to run errands for yes. her. Yes, yeah, <laughs> including the Bat Boys. Funny, funny story. I was reading the trivia on this film. The the little scene where um, the kid runs up to Crash and says, "Get a hit, Crash," and Crash is like, "Shut up." <laughs> Apparently, that line was ad libbed, and the kid didn't know that it was you know just part of the scene, and he made the kid cry. Oh, <laughs> oh. So everybody, Kevin Costner's an asshole. Um. <laughs> 
And it, the, the rain out scene also was part of... Yeah, the, the writer-director of the film, Rod... Rod um, uh, Shelton. Shelton. Rob Shelton. Ron, he's, he's the guy who wrote White Men Can't Jump. He did, and he also wrote Tin Cup, which is another sports movie starring uh, Kevin Costner. That one's, that one's golf, right? Yes, that it is. Golf. Yeah, yeah. But, golf. But he was a minor league player, wasn't he? Uh, uh, yes, Shelton. he was. Shelton. Shelton was a minor league baseball player, and yeah. the, the rainout uh, scene was based exact specifically on something that happened to him. Yeah, I, I have it right <laughs> here. In the late '60s, uh, it was Shelton's team who was in a season-ending series, and they said right before the final uh, game, they turned on the water and flooded the field so they didn't have to play. Only the owner of the team that they were playing rented a helicopter, dried off the field, and they played anyways. Wow. <laughs> but it's something I, that happened to him. I, wow, using a helicopter as drying equipment. That's amazing. That's clever. <laughs> Speaking of helicopters, speaking of helicopters, one of my favorite things is the event that they have, which is the Eastern (laughs) Seaboard Tobacco Growers City Council Little League Cash Drop Day. (laughs) (laughs) I am like, how do they even fit that on the poster? (laughs) And just dumping money out of a helicopter. These these boys, young men, I should say. I, I I, I, I thought it was it was perfect, and um. The, there's an atmosphere to minor league ballparks that, that is captured perfectly in this film. You know, the the um, Max Patkin, the clown prince of baseball, which I think he's a real guy. Yes. Yeah. Um, and he, I, well, this film was made in the 80s and he looked pretty old, so I don't know if he's still with us uh, and he's still doing his thing. Well, when, when, when you see him performing on the field, it's like, yeah, that guy's been doing that shtick for a long time. You know, there's just that atmosphere about him. It's like, right. this is... This is something that they didn't bring an actor in to do. And they this hit, is a guy who hit, does this on baseball fields. And, and they hit the bull and win a free stake, you know? It's like, you know, which is probably a big deal to a minor league ball player. It's like, sweet, I get a free stake. Yes. It's probably um, steak dinner, too. It's yeah, just probably. like, here's your here's raw your, hunk of meat Here's your you raw cook. hunk of meat. Cook it up at home. <laughs> it's um, not like on the other hand, raffle. Yes, it's on the, on the, the other meat hand, raffle. It might actually be exactly that. I mean, it I don't know. Be. It, it could, could be. be. Um, I mean, I, I've, I've attended meat raffles. And they have their They're special awesome. <laughs> meat raffle, funniest concept ever. It really is. But, uh, God damn, I love meat raffles, everybody. <laughs> everybody, meat raffles are the best. <laughs> it's easier to win a meat raffle than hit a bull at a, a minor league ballpark. True. Um, but, I mean, the Eastern Seaboard Tobacco Growers Little League Cash Drop Day, it's like, those are the kind of special events that happen. I mean, yeah. that's the St. Saint Paul Saints do stuff like that all the time. Oh, don't they have a pig that runs out in the field? They've got a pig, <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, they have a pig that's their all mascot. Sorts of, all sorts of crazy things like and, that. And they have a pig naming contest every year. They have the, the pig gets a new name every year well and i mean there's there's such a difference between i have seen a a saints game and i've seen i think a twins game maybe two (laughs) i don't remember but you know i was so bored at the you know not being into baseball i was really kind of bored at the twins game but saints games are just like you're close to the field and you're really involved and it doesn't it feels like a community event rather than and in between thing. every inning, they've got some wacky, yeah. silly thing that they do. I and mean, it, it's easier just to kind of get invested in 
a Saints game. And I completely agree. I'm so bored at Twins games. Well, well there's the Twins. There's a level. Well, there's a level. It's the Twins. It, when, what Crash says, he says the ballparks are like cathedrals when he's talking about mm-hmm. the major. And, and, and there is a certain reverence to which baseball fans hold major league baseball and i think that's why uh it it is a different experience i was this is interesting i was in a um uh building in downtown minneapolis uh meeting with a client for uh, a show that i'm going to do later this month and um he had a corner office uh at 33 south 6th street which is the um I forget what the, uh it's the city center towers it doesn't matter mm-hmm. you people aren't from you don't care anyway the point is <laughs> He has a corner office, and looking out from his office, he looks down, and he's about three blocks away from Target Field, which is where the Twins play. And he is clearly a baseball fan. He's got, like, baseball bobbleheads. And can he, he can he see into? He can see into the ballpark. Oh my, okay, so he's high it's enough not, up. It's not a domed ballpark. He's on the fortieth yeah. floor. He can see into the ballpark. Oh wow! And he in his office. I mean, yeah, he's this he's this big. He's the managing partner of a law firm. So you know, very big, high priced lawyer dude, right? Mm-hmm. And he's got his desk with law papers and shit all over it, and his his bookshelves with all sorts of law books. And then he's got bleachers set up in his office because it's a big fucking office. Oh my god. Right by the window he's got bleachers set up in his office. He's got a popcorn machine. <laughs> and well you know, like you do. And oh my you god. know that when there's a twins game going on be it in the middle of the day and he's supposed to be working or at night and he's working late the work stops and he sits down in those bleachers with his binoculars and he turns the game on on the radio and he watches it. And, <laughs> and not alone. You know he's not alone. Oh, yeah. Well no. I mean it's, it's there's more than one seat there. Yeah. There's, there's room for more. And my guess is that, you know, if you're in good with this managing partner, he's like, why don't you come over to my office on Thursday? The twins are playing a game and we can watch it together and eat popcorn. And <laughs> bond. And bond. Wow. Over, over baseball and law. <laughs> so, so baseball is this... It is something of a religious experience. And, and that's what's established at the beginning of the movie when Annie is talking about the number of stitches in a baseball versus yeah. the number of, of beads in a rosary and the fact that that she's tried every religion and the only religion that feeds her is baseball. The church of baseball. And that's that's and, really what this movie is talking about. Yeah, and then I mean there's also the character with the voodoo cross and uh-huh. you know, removing the curses from his his sports equipment and, and the cursed glove. Yeah. And there there or, or is, the you know the the, the superstition of you know the winning streak don't screw with the streak uh-huh. no matter uh, what know, crazy thing you're doing wearing just keep the, doing it wearing the garters <laughs> you know just breathing these, through his eyelids like talismans. the lava lizards of the Galapagos Islands <laughs> yes <laughs> and don't even look so he's got this weird twisted thing around it's because he's a Mayan Indian or an Aztec I can never remember which one <laughs> I can't either um <laughs> <laughs> so many great lines in this movie, but it's like these characters are part of a congregation, mm-hmm. and that that's established at the beginning of the movie, almost that that they're a congregation. So when when um, oh I forget the name of the Fundy character who stands up, you know, and says yeah. I'm having a prayer meeting, and they're all they're all making fun of him. It's it's kind of funny because. You know, they're they're part of a church, too. Yeah, yeah. They're Um, all doing the same thing, just under different names. mm -hmm. I do wonder, in today's 
current religious fervor and the fact that it's in Carolina, if there's more of those now than portrayed. Knowing the number of fundamentalists involved in football, I would not be surprised if there's a similar number involved in baseball. I think that mm-hmm. that particular scene is maybe even a little bit... Toned down. Unre- a little bit fake. Because mm-hmm. there probably would be more than one guy like him. Yeah, in the given, given the area of the country. Given the but, area of the country, given the, the nature of of a lot of sports to have a religious component, mm-hmm. um, a lot of a lot of coaches especially bring that into football especially, but I'm sure baseball as well. But I remember watching this in the theaters in 88, and a lot of people were like, oh, people wouldn't do that. The concept of having this fundamentalist Christian in the middle of the locker room do that seemed a little false to a lot of people in 88. And the funny thing is I don't think it was false at all. Uh, No, I don't think so. And I like the fact that, you know, even speaking as somebody who's not religious, there's there's people with so many different beliefs in in the film. Mm -hmm. And they don't treat the fundamentalist character badly. Right. Even though... Well, they kind of pick on him, but they pick on everybody. They pick on... on, I mean, it's a little... Oh, that's the thing you're strange about here. I'll, I'll poke at you a little bit. But. Sure, but, but they, it's a bonding moment. Yeah, it's a bonding moment. It's not like they're doing it derisively. It's the right. you know, it's the same. Oh, you're wearing garters. <laughs> yeah, you know, or it's, it. Yeah, it's a locker room mentality. Everybody gets picked on for something. Yeah, you know, unless they're Crash, because Crash is kind of above all of it. Yeah. Um, he's he's he. You're like, there's nothing I could say to him at this point that he hasn't heard. Mm-hmm. And nothing that I could say to him that he wouldn't have a way better comeback for. So maybe I should just let Crash be. It's kind of a perfect, perfect role for Kevin Costner. I mean, I, I've always gotten the impression from Kevin Costner in movies that he can't play anything other than Kevin Costner. It's <laughs> <laughs> kind of true. And and you look across all of his characters in films, and it's like, yeah, I I couldn't really differentiate <laughs> any of these characters from one another. But he he does give that that air of that quality of. I've been around. There's. No, there, there is nothing about him or that character that sticks out. Like there, there's no quirky thing about him. Right, he's kind of bland. <laughs> yeah, the the voice of and it he pulls it off as the voice of wisdom. Like, eh, I I tried all the weird stuff years ago, and I'm just I'm just this now because that takes work to keep up. <laughs> you know. I, that's the I've sense stripped, it comes off. Yeah. I stripped away all of the other. This yeah. is me. This is the stripped mm-hmm. down version. There's no crazy things. I am just the person you see in front of you. I'm not that complicated. Yeah, yeah, and that's how it plays in the film, which is good. You know, it, for Kevin Costner, but you know, <laughs> good for this. <laughs> well, yeah. I think the casting in the film for the, the yeah. three main characters is great. Oh, and it's Tim brilliant. Robbins is fantastic, and <laughs> Tim Robbins, of course, much better actor. You think about. This role, oh, yeah. this role that he plays here, contrasted with probably his most famous role, which is the Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. Just thinking about those two roles and how dramatically different those or, or two characters are. Good God, the player. Yeah, yeah. the player, uh, which is a fine Robert Altman film, which we should probably we haven't done Robert Altman on this. Yeah, we really podcast, should. And we really need to do some Robert Altman. Yeah. Um, 
And buckle in. We'll do some Altman. <laughs> <laughs> buckle in. We'll do some Altman. He was also in the Hudsucker Proxy. Oh, that's right. With yes. fantastic uh, Coen yes. Brothers films, which is I think an overlooked Coen Brothers film. It's true. It's uh, it's Coen Brothers doing Frank Capra. Yeah. You know, for kids. You know. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, and then uh, Susan Sarandon, whose career enjoys a very major renaissance, mm-hmm. as, as I think, as a result of this movie. As well it um, should. She's a tremendous actress. And Bull Durham also serves as kind of a renaissance for baseball movies. Yeah. Uh, there were a lot more baseball movies that came out. Major League comes out the next year. Now, that means it was probably in production around the time that uh, mm-hmm. Bull Durham was released, but I think... Part of the success of Major League has something to do with the fact that Bull Durham yeah. was so popular. Although prior to this, if I'm not mistaken, The Natural, like a couple years before this, was The Natural. Robert Redford. Yeah, The yeah. Natural. The yeah. Natural. I don't think it really. I mean. I mean, it was, I mean, it was, uh, it, it was a very solid movie, but yeah, I, but it wasn't. I don't think it wasn't it, one of those movies that I think really. It didn't storm the box office. Yeah. I mean, and, but I remember Bull Durham doing very well. Yeah, and then Milk yes. Field of Dreams, Kevin Costner's yeah. Milk Field of Dreams, a little bit after that, and playing so, the same character except in Iowa. So there's uh, there's <laughs> there's a series of films that that resurrect baseball movies for a while mm-hmm. uh, and I think around that I, I, I'd have to go back and look but I mean like Angels in the Outfield comes out around that time yeah. and not all of them were good but but <laughs> again there was there yeah. was this um, seeming renaissance of baseball films League of Their I Own think I think A League of Their Own probably came out after, after that. that yes yeah. uh, the the um, the thing about Major League that I think is interesting and I just wonder you know if any of it was informed by that because of course you've got the character that believes in voodoo and Bull Durham, and then you've got another character who believes in vo- in voodoo in Major League, and you've got the pitcher who has trouble with his control in Major mm-hmm. League, and just the <laughs> and, you, and, and you've the, got the Tom Berenger character who's kind of the old the voice older of voice of wisdom, wisdom who also happens to be a catcher, yeah, in Major League, huh. and then you've got Rene Russo is the girlfriend of the catcher, and I, <laughs> I mean, I don't want to say that the movie was directly influenced by Bull Durham, but I kind of think. <laughs> it's it's a lot of coincidences. I kind of think, think there are a lot of coincidences in the story. Including um, needing a chicken? Yeah. needing a rooster to stop the curse? There's, yeah, there had there was yeah. something In to do Major with League, chicken. they get a uh, a bu- bucket, uh, they do. A bucket of fried, a fried chicken. chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Although I will, I will say at least Major League has a better haircut on the pitcher. <laughs> because boy, I was looking at Tim Robbins' hair, and it's like, wow, somebody made a conscious decision about that. Well, yes, it was that the eighties. I know there, it was, it was the eighties, but it did, that, that haircut did not look good in the eighties. It 80s was an either. entire decade in which people made the same conscious decisions. I agree, um, but I mean, at least a lot of those things still looked good in the 80s that never looked good <laughs> no but it was that devil may care oh no i mean the bouffant thing yes no i know i know <laughs> the bouffant thing a league of their own is 1992 I by the way uh, what was it what was the movie about the um the An- black Sox scandal angels in the outfield is 1994 the black Sox scandal the one with john cusack yeah eight men out, out. eight men out Eight Men Out, 1988. So that's the same yeah. year. Although yeah. Eight Men Out did not do particularly no, it not. well. Um, it did well later because Field of Dreams came out in 89. Mm-hmm. And Field of Dreams deals with Shoeless Joe Jackson. So a bunch of people went back to watch Eight Men Out 
because yeah. of Field of Dreams. Yeah. So, anyway, um, I think we probably talked around this movie plenty. Uh, <laughs> I hope you enjoyed watching it, uh, not necessarily with us, but around the same time as we did. <laughs> uh, so, final thoughts. Pat, what is your final thought about this film, Boulder? I absolutely adore the character of the manager. Yes. <laughs> who is just befuddled, bemused by what's going on. The whole, what is happening? And having his assistants like, oh yeah, he's breathing out of his eyelids and it's something of he's an Aztec, Mayan, oh yeah, whatever. And he's got this look like, what the hell is wrong with my life? <laughs> and then just keeps going. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, and I like the assistant too. Oh yeah! And like half the time, you have no idea what he's saying. <laughs> Larry, lollygaggers, lollygaggers. <laughs> that scene in the shower is one of my favorite favorite scenes in movies ever. That one I literally they, did laugh out loud at. It's like <laughs> lollygaggers. <laughs> <laughs> that was brilliant. <laughs> What's our record? Eight and sixteen. Eight and sixteen. How do we ever win eight? How do we ever win eight? It's a miracle. Yeah. That's a miracle. Yeah. So, uh, great. that's great. He's a good character. Those two characters together are... Oh, yeah. Are They're the brilliant. Sk Skip and Larry. Yeah. All right. Uh, Melissa, final thoughts? Um, I like the note that went to, uh, <laughs> to Susan Sarandon. And Mimi reads it, and uh, she says... She, I, I want to make love, love to you. you. But, but clearly when he's writing it in the dugout, I clearly saw the word fuck. Yeah, it's, it says let's fuck. Let's, let's fuck, fuck sometime. Let's yeah, fuck let's, sometime. Let's fuck sometime. Yeah, I and, saw the uh, time. I think his hand was covering yeah. most of it, but... Yeah, so... Yeah, I do like that little touch. That is a nice little touch. Uh, so my final thought, as always, is talk about what we're going to watch next time. Yay! Because I talked all about this movie, and who gives a fuck anymore? So Yay. the next movie we are going to watch, uh, we have we have watched our baseball uh, films for, for now. Uh, so it's time. We need to we need to go back. We're going to go back to silent film. Yay! And we are going to... We've taken a look at Buster Keaton, and we've taken a look at Charlie Chaplin. So it's time to take a look at the holy... The third in the holy trilogy of silent film comedian uh, comedians, and we're going to watch Harold Lloyd in Safety Last. Yay! Safety Last! So, so excited. So join us for that next time. Until then, thanks so much for listening, and uh, we'll catch you around. Yay! We hope you enjoyed our film fixation. We'll see you next time on A Real Education. Dee, 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 dee. Put me in coach. That's what I'm going to eat. Yeah, I <laughs>